Good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? I was just putting on one of my little um, nature rain uh, things um, so that you have something calming to look at <laughs> um, in the background here because I know all you can really see is that TV there. Uh, welcome, everyone. I pray that you're all doing well this morning and that you're standing strong today in the Lord Jesus and in the power of his might. Um, uh, I am uh, back with another episode of How to Slay in Prayer, and uh, we're going to be talking this morning about noise reduction. Let me get that up on the screen. I'm going to um, pull up a couple of, uh, pull up my scriptures on screen as well so that, um, so that um, we can get started. And that will give, hopefully give you guys enough time to come on. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Making some more room here. You guys can see me and hear me okay.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let the glory of your kingdom come. Let the power of your will be done. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to shut this door, you guys, just one second. I don't want um, King to be a distraction. That's my dog's name, by the way. His name is King. That's my baby. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get started here and... um. Uh, hopefully, you know, I know it's kind of, it's early on a Saturday morning and um, many people, you know, they like to sleep in because they have worked hard all week and they want to cherish their uh, weekend mornings. So, you know, I can't blame you for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we are uh, going to go ahead and get rolling prayerfully that you you guys can catch the replay. Um uh, so let's just open with a word of prayer and I'm going to get this out and then we're just going to move on, move on with our day. Amen. So uh, God bless you uh, to all of you who are listening by way of podcast. God bless you to those who are watching by way of video live stream on Facebook and on YouTube. God bless you this morning. 
Um, may the love and the and the grace of God be upon you throughout this day, throughout this weekend. Uh, may his word continually speak to you throughout this day. May his May his glory, may his glory, may his glory be revealed to you throughout this day. In Jesus' mighty name, this is my prayer for you. My prayer this morning is that you would have ears that truly hear and eyes that truly see in the realm of the spirit, that you would speak uh, only his words and and um, that you would speak the word only and and nothing else, that we would speak his word and his word only and nothing else. The Lord is saying this morning that um, with loving kindness, with loving kindness, with loving kindness, he is drawing. With loving kindness, he is drawing. He is reaching out. He says, I'm reaching out once again. I'm reaching out once again. I pray that you will truly have ears that hearken to his voice. I pray that you will hear him knocking on the door of your heart to come out of Babylon, to come out of confusion, to come out of religion, to come out of traditions of men that make my word of no effect, saith the Lord. I pray that you are able to hear his voice saying, come out. I pray this morning that those of you who can hear him will continue to stand in the gap uh, for his people, that we will continually that we will continually stand, that we will support each other, that we will be a strength and a help to each other as we stand together and make intercession for the body of Christ and for this nation and for every nation in this earth in the name of Jesus. I pray this morning, I pray this morning, I pray this morning for grace to stand for strength to stand, not to fall back into our own mind, not to fall back into our own, our old way of doing things, not to return from following after him, not to leave our first love, not to leave our first love, not to leave our first love, but to cleave unto him and to be led by him and to be guided by him. In Jesus name, this is our prayer. I take authority over these airwaves this morning. I bind this the prince and the power of the air in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you this morning. The blood of Jesus Christ is against you and no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against this broadcast shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against this word from getting out shall prosper. I bind every spirit of hindrance, every spirit of opposition, every spirit of distraction, every spirit of distortion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, let your word have free course and let it be glorified and let, let every spirit that comes to steal, kill and destroy be bound and banished in the name of Jesus Christ from this very earth. I thank you and I give you praise. Use my mouth. Take over. Hijack this message in Jesus name. Your will, not ours. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Glory be to God, you guys. So, yes, welcome. I'm going to uh, I'm going to uh, go into the word of the Lord with you. I pray that um, you guys have been um, enjoying these messages. That you're not really enjoying them because I don't think that's the right thing. God doesn't always want us to enjoy the 
the message, but he wants us to be um, changed by his word. He wants us to be transformed by his word. He wants us to be able to consume his word and to be begin to live out his word. So I pray that uh, these words, these messages have been able to penetrate your heart, that they've been able to um, uh, speak to you and minister to you, even, you know, um, even outside of the live stream, even outside of my presence, that you will remain in the Lord's presence and that his word will continually speak to you and that it will um, strengthen you and help you and, and open your eyes to the truth and open your eyes to what is going on in the earth and what time it is. Um, my job is, is simply to um, blow the trumpet and, and be an alarm in the earth to let People know what time it is, that the hour is late, the time is far spent. We don't have time for foolishness. We don't have time to waste. Um, we've wasted enough time not pursuing our purpose, not walking in our purpose, not living according to God's divine purpose and will for us. And so he's saying um, that it's time to come out and separate yourself so you can be set apart. The reason he wants you to separate yourself is so that you you can be set apart. He's because he's separating the light from the darkness. Don't you see? He's separating the light from the darkness. That's why he's telling us and he's been telling us to come out of her, come out of her. Because when he separates the light from the darkness, Everything that is in that darkness that is under judgment, if you're in there, you're going to be judged with the same judgments that they that they um, will be judged with. He's judging the darkness. And if you want, if you weren't here uh, last night or even the nights before, you know, uh, go back and listen to those messages because they're very they're very crucial. They're very crucial. The prayer last night, very crucial very crucial. We're living in a, cru in a crucial time. We are living in a crucial time. And I'm, I'm not here to be a killjoy or anything like that. Um, you know, if you are on the Lord's side, then this should bring you joy because it lets you know that our time is, is near. Um, we should be rejoicing because our time is near. Our time is near that we will be glorified, that we will be that we will be glorified with the Lord, that our bodies will be glorified, that our bodies will be transformed into glorious bodies. Don't you see that your salvation is not only about the soul, but it's also about your body, not not just being saved, but being transformed into a glorious body. And this is what. Uh, the Lord wants us to know, you know, we've only learned in part. We only know in part, but there is a fullness to this thing. There's a completion to this thing. There's a perfection to this thing. And the Lord's been showing me that he's been showing me that. And he wants us to, he wants me to tell you that. And he wants many to be reminded of that because you knew, you know, that you've, you've, you've known it before you've heard it before you've learned it before but perhaps you you know you're you're not mindful and you have forgotten like i forgot so the lord is saying you know 
one thing about uh, about God is that there are uh, many sides to him. Uh, I'll, I'll get here to the prayer, but I, I just want you guys to understand something. The, 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 the heavenly father, the, you know, the, the one that we call father, he is our father who art in heaven. He is our father. Our heavenly father is, uh, is a manifold God. He has um, different sides, different faces. Um, his wisdom is, 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 is manifold. Manifold means, uh, multiple or many sides. There's different ways, uh, uh, to look at him. There are, uh, different views. There are, um, just, you know, it, it's, it's just like us. It's just like us. Um, it's just like, you know, he made us in his image and in his likeness. And you're not just a one-sided person. You're not just sweet all the time. And, you know, um, but, you know, you have another side. Um, you have another side of you that comes out. And, 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 and it is a spiritual side as well. It's still, it's still spiritual. It's still spiritual. Because it is still God. But let's look at Romans 11 and 22. I want to show, I want to show you something here. Romans and uh, Romans 11 and verse 22. Because I think the problem is that many of us don't, um, we don't recognize We've only been taught one side of God, uh, many of us. Many of us have only been taught one side of him. And that is the reason why the fear of God is missing in the, in the church. Uh, the fear of God has, has left the church. The fear of God, the reverence of him, the, um, you know, uh, the godly fear and reverence. I'm not talking about being scared of him. I'm talking about uh, reverence for him. Uh, just the fact that he spoke, you know, uh, should be enough for us to turn. When we hear his, his voice, it should be enough for us to turn and to obey and to follow him. Um, you know, uh, when you hear the voice of your parents, you know, when you're, when you're, when your daddy calls your name or your mother calls your name and, you know, you know, that certain sound that means, you know, get in line. It means get in order and you're not scared of them, you know, um, unless you've been abused by them, but you're not scared of them uh, because you know that they love you, uh, but they are correcting you. It is a voice of correction and correction is love. It, it's love. And uh, we're going to look at uh, Romans 11 here because I just sense that, you know, you know, God, uh, you know, I, I sense that there are people who think, you know, let's, let's stay away from uh, this, this preacher or that preacher or this prophet or that, you know, minister, because we don't want to hear um, that they're preaching gloom and doom or they're, you know, they're preaching. Um, they, they never have anything good to say. 
Do you know what, what goodness actually is? Because truth is good and correction is good. It shows us the error of our ways so that we can turn from our error. Um, I, I'm not sure that we really understand what, what true love is. I'm not sure that we really understand what true love is. True love is. Um, because if we did, then we would be able to uh, separate, you know, uh, that thing and understand that this is, this is the love of God trying to wake people up. He's, he's trying to wake people up. And God has certain people that he uses for that. Honestly, he has people that he uses for that. Um, certain people that he uses for that. Everyone he doesn't use for that. That's why every gift in the body of Christ is not the same. You have apostles, you have prophets, you have evangelists, you have pastors, you have teachers. Those gifts are not the same. They display a multiplicity, different sides of, of God, different sides of the Lord. Amen. Can you guys, is this better or is this better? Mm. Okay, that's a little bit better. Sorry, this lighting. I'm going to fix this today, you guys. I have um, a couple of things that I have to uh, pick up and um, a few things that I'm ordering or ordered to um, fix this situation. So I have a ring light um, coming soon and it's going to help with the lighting and everything. Um, but yeah, so God has people that he uses for that. Um our gifts are not the same. Uh, however, you know, and uh, my 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 pastor told me, you know, that we should never uh, downplay someone else's uh, gift or gifting area of gifting and ministry. And um, if I have been doing that, you know, I'm sorry. I, I it was not my intention to do that. Um, my intention is to wake people up. My intention is to sound the alarm because that's what I am. I'm an alarm. I blow. I'm a trumpet. I blow. That's what I'm supposed to do. That is my uh, assignment. And that's my area of gifting as a prophet. Um, and, and it's not my intention, my intention to offend anyone or anything like that. But we have to understand this, that, that God has multiple sides. We've only learned the loving side of God. Most people in church have only learned that, that, you know, that kindness and that loving side. And that's wonderful. However, he has another side that we need to know of him. Just like your parents don't have just one side, you know. We need to know that about him because this is the side that will give us the fear of the Lord that we need in order to come out <laughs> of this system. Wake up. Stop, you know, stop taking the things of God lightly. Stop taking his word lightly. You know, um, we we do more um, damage, <clears throat> you know, that way. That's not love either. You're doing more damage than love when you're not sharing the whole truth. You know, when you're not re revealing the whole truth. Let's look at re Romans 11. I'm going to show you what I mean. Romans 11. 
Let's look at Romans 11, verse 20. Hmm. We start at verse 20. It says, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, right? It's because of unbelief. You see that we don't have the fear of the Lord. We, have, we, we walk in unbelief because we haven't seen certain sides of God. Um, be not high-minded, it says, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches... Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. You see, if he spared not the natural branches, who is that? That's the Jew, you know, the Jews who, the, the children of Israel, who, who were the original, you know, uh, children of God, the original uh, seed of promise. And he grafted in the Gentiles. He said, I'll go and find another because, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you're, you're not, you don't believe in me. You don't believe in me. So he says, it's because of your unbelief. If he didn't spare the natural branches, we have to take heed lest he also not spare us, right? We have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then it says, verse 22, look at this now. It says, behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Two different sides, the goodness and severity of God. And what does that mean? That his goodness, his severity is his goodness. It is his goodness because God is good. He's nothing but good. He's nothing but love, but he has multiple sides of that love. He has multiple sides of that goodness, multiple manifestations of that goodness. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail. Severity, severity, severe. It comes from the word severe. It doesn't mean mild. It doesn't mean gentle. It doesn't mean nice. It means severe. It means harsh. Or hard. It says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fail. Severity. But toward you, goodness. You see that? Toward the who? Them that believe. Them that fear him, goodness. It says, If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou shalt also be cut off. If you continue, otherwise you shall also be cut off. See, we need the fear of the Lord back in the house of God. I'm, I'm going here because the spirit of God is leading me here. And, and it's important that we know this. We're going to get to the, uh, to the prayer, the noise reduction, because the Lord has something to say there. Verse 23, he says, and they also, if they abide not still, in unbelief shall be grafted in. If they abide not still in unbelief, that means if you choose not to stay in unbelief, you shall be grafted in 
For God is able to graft them in again. Even though he cuts you off, he is able, you are able to make a decision and say, you know what? I don't want to be uh, over here. I don't want to be cut off from God. I don't want to be separated from him. I don't want to be found within, with a wicked heart or an evil heart of unbelief. So let me get in faith. Let me get back in faith. Let me let me draw close to, to my father. Let me go back to my father's house. Let me return unto him. Let me repent quickly. Else he come and remove my candlestick out of its place. Let me go back to my first love. Let me go back. And then he says. He will graft you in again. He will graft you in again. Now, this is talking about the goodness and the severity of God. And I heard a mighty uh, man of God. I love his ministry. um, John Hood. And he was talking about um, this, how that Jesus preached um, the, the goodness of God or the marriage he, he, he came preaching about the marriage uh, supper of the Lord, blowing the marriage, uh, the marriage trumpet. Um, but John came preaching the severity of the Lord. See, the severity of the Lord came first. He came preaching the severity of the Lord. Or, or rather, the, 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 um, what this man of God called it was the death or the dying. Of the Lord, the dying or the death. He said he he preached. This is what he said. He said he preached the funeral procession. The, he he came blowing that instrument that they blew uh, during a funeral procession. Do you know what that means? That means something needs to die now. Something needs to die now. That means crucify yourself, crucify your flesh, crucify your desires, repent quickly for the kingdom of heaven is now. It's at hand. And the next thing you know, boom, you blink your eye and there is Jesus. You know, Mary was only six months behind Elizabeth in pregnancy. And when Jesus came, he said, there was no, there's no greater man on this planet, no greater ministry on this planet than the ministry of John. No greater ministry than the ministry of John the Baptist. And God has called us forth as a voice in the earth to blow the trumpet. I feel the spirit of God so strong on this. To blow the trumpet and to warn the people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is now. And this is, this is signifying the second coming of Jesus. Our Lord is coming back. Just like he said, it's not a fable. It's not a story. It's not a fantasy. It's not a joke. It's real. It's real. And so we're not out here trying to, offend people, hurt people's feelings, put people down. But sometimes, listen, you know, some people don't understand when you, uh, when parents have to start, you know, 
You might walk up on a parent who's like yelling at their child, right? And you might think, wow, that's just a, you know, you just abusing that baby, you know. Not understanding that this parent has, has warned this child multiple times before that you didn't know about. Trying to keep this child out of danger of growing up in a system that that is that that is structured and set up to destroy them you've been trying you've been warning your child you've been chastising your child and it still hasn't you know they're still not getting it so the next time they do that thing the next time they run in the street you told them before you run in that street you're going to get your butt bang you know because if you run in that street, you can get hit by a car and die. Stay out of the street. Stay away from those electric plugs. Don't touch that. You can electrocute yourself and die. Stay away from that hot stove. You know, the severity has to come out at some point. Now, you, you see this parent yelling at their child. Because they're in their heart, they're trying to save that child. They're trying to save their, their baby's life. And you don't understand it. You don't understand that kind of love because you're watching from afar. This is the same thing in the spirit with our father. He's not a God that is sitting there waiting to crush you with his hand. He is our father and he loves us and he warns us. He said, I have sent my prophets one by one, morning by morning. I send my prophets to what? To warn the people. To warn the people. And sometimes it, it has to be severe. I'm sorry. It will be severe. Yes, it will be. Because what do we see here? Romans eleven twenty two. It says the goodness and the severity of God. The goodness, the kind, the quiet way didn't work. You see? The, the 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 quiet way, the nice way. Oh, baby, just please stay out the street, please. God loves you. Keep your hand off of that, please. We, we don't want you to burn yourself. We don't want you to self-destruct. Please. We just tapped him on the hand. God bless you. You know, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Sometimes we have to get snatched. That's what John's John the Baptist ministry was about. It was about snatching people's souls out of hell, out of the danger of hellfire and condemnation. Do you not understand that? Snatching people's souls out of damnation because that's where they're headed. And they think that they are Abraham's seed. What does that mean? They think that they are the children of God. They think that they are walking in righteousness. They think that they're doing well, that they're doing right. John said, 
say not. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, say not. I know what you're thinking. Don't even don't even go there. Don't even say that you're Abraham's seed. Because if you were Abraham's seed, then you would do the works of Abraham. But you're not doing that. And furthermore, God is able to raise up of these stones, even of these stones, children unto Abraham. See, we're talking about John the Baptist's ministry and the severity thereof. He came preaching the funeral procession. These are what we call the gloom and doom prophets. I don't care what you call me. As long as your blood is not on my hands, as long as I'm doing the will of my father, as long as I'm blowing the trumpet, as long as I know that I'm showing you the love of God, and not the love of man, which is weak, watered down, and won't save you from anything. You know, as long as I know that I'm keeping you out of the street, you can call me what you want. I don't care. Just call me love. I don't care. Yes, sometimes my words will be rough and they may sound very, very severe. But it's the love of God for you, for those who need it. Some people don't, you know, if, if you know, if this word is not, if it's not for you, then it's just not for you. Stand, stand over there and pray and intercede for those who need it. Because there are people out here we can clearly see they are lost. They are lost and they claim to be Abraham's seed. I'm talking about people in the body of Christ who are religious Pharisees, Sadducees, religious, live in tradition, so stuck in their tradition that they can't even hear the voice of the spirit. They can't even hear the voice of the bridegroom saying, come. They can't hear that. Because they're so trapped and stuck in their tradition, which make his word of no effect at all. You'll find them. They'll, they'll be doing it this, you know, this holiday season. They'll be so busy putting up Christmas trees that they won't even notice, you know, when the Lord comes. They'll be so busy setting up their programs that they won't even notice. They won't even hear the voice of the bridegroom coming. Where is your oil? Because he's coming. He's coming. He said there was no, no, no ministry greater than the ministry of John. John pre came preaching the severity, the funeral procession. This man of God said different gifts equip the saints. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, uh, John came preaching. Blowing the horn of the funeral procession. Death to the flesh. Death to self. Repent. Be baptized. Go under. Go under. 
Go down, humble yourself and repent is what the Lord is what the Lord was saying through him. And that's what he's saying today unto us. Humble yourself, repent, return unto him for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That word, that phrase at hand means now. That's why you see on my banner, it says the kingdom is now because most people don't don't realize that they think that it's at hand. That means that it's, you know, it's coming soon. No, it's actually now. We're supposed to be uh, manifesting the kingdom now. And some people, you know, some people understand that and many people don't. That when Jesus returns, it's not the beginning of the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> That's not the start of it. <laughs> It's actually the final stages, <laughs> you know, and the and it's the final stages of, of, of mm, thank you, Lord. It's the ending of something and it's the beginning of a new thing. <laughs> but the kingdom is already now. It's already here. Jesus said it himself. So John came preaching that the severity of the Lord, the funeral procession, and then Jesus came preaching the goodness, the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of heaven that has been restored and is being restored upon the earth because it never left. <laughs> Adam fell and we lost sight of the kingdom, but it never left. It never left. Why? Because man has always been in the earth. And man is the ladder or the, the gateway between heaven and earth. You know, man was created for this earth. He said, the earth have I given unto the children of men. So, this earth belongs to us. We think God just going to snatch us out of here and then just leave the earth and just it's just going to be destroyed. God doesn't waste anything. He's not a wasteful father. That's why he doesn't teach us to waste anything. He said, I wish all would be saved and none would be lost. He said, all things, all things, all things work together for the good of them that love me and are the called the called according to my purpose. He's, he's, he doesn't waste anything. He doesn't waste any any uh, any uh, trial, any uh, thing that you go through. Not one, not one of those trials or not one of those storms is wasted. Nothing is wasted. He uses it all. Jesus gathered up. He said, gather up the fragments. Don't waste anything. Don't waste anything. Now. So Jesus came preaching the goodness, the marriage, the marriage, the marriage supper. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and, and the Lord says, you know, the reason why we're so offended all the time is because we just don't know who we are. We don't know who we are. 
We don't know who we are. We don't know that, that there's glory beyond this. While we walk in this earth, do you know Jesus walked the earth in a glorified body after he resurrected? And he was the firstborn among many brethren. He was showing those disciples their future. Why do you think Philip was able to, you know, was able to uh, appear, disappear, appear and disappear? <laughs> you know, he was showing them the truth. That this is what it's about right here. It's not just about the saving of this, you know, the, the, the soul. It's about the saving of your body and your body being glorified. These are spiritual things. Your, your spirit, Jesus was 100% man and 100% the spirit of God. 100% God, 100% man. Now, if we, if we were created in his image and in his likeness, then what are we? We are also spirit and man. We live so, so much in, in the flesh, you know, on the flesh side of things in the, in our humanity that we, we have long forgot, but the Jews knew, but you know, <laughs> we don't know. We have long forgotten. Many of us don't know because this is not being te taught in our churches. We don't even know who we are in the spirit. What these bodies are able to do in the spirit. We don't tap into those realms. Even the, even the kingdom of darkness taps into those realms. On the dark side though, they're illegal spirits. They know, they know more than us. We, you know, we play too much. We play too much. The children of Israel sat down to eat and rose up to play. We play too much. We're not sober. We're not serious. You see those gurus and those yogis over there in India, they over there levitating and all kind of stuff. These demons got people levitating and doing all kind of supernatural things. But where's our supernatural things? Where's our, you know, the, the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. Where is our supernatural things? Do we even know who we are? Jesus walked this earth in a glorified body. That's our future. That's what we are working toward. Laboring to enter into rest. Working out our salvation. Working out the whole, the salvation of the whole man. God wants the whole man to be saved. Spirit, soul, and body. Not just the spirit and the soul. The spirit already belongs to God anyway. Soul, your mind, will, and emotions. But your physical body. The transforming of your physical body. Amen. I told you this before, but when I heard that message, like it just, it refreshed me because it was so much confirmation. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> you're amazing. You know, when he speaks things, he's not just saying it for nothing. That's why, you know, I can give a topic on here, but the Lord will have me, you know, dabbling and saying some other stuff because, um, you know, 
He's like, I'm coming to that. But this somebody needs to hear this right here because somebody's ready for this right here. See, we have to feed everybody at the table. And everybody is not the same age and everybody doesn't have the same appetite. You see what I mean? Big family, got about 10, 20 kids <laughs> like our previous generations. They had to feed everybody at the table. Everybody wasn't the same age, but there was only one dinner time. Oh, Jesus. There was only one dinner time, one supper time a day, one breakfast, <laughs> one lunch, one supper. Everybody sits at the table together. Does everyone have the same appetite? No. Is everyone the same age? No. But they all must be fed. That eliminates no more excuse. We can't give an excuse now about why we're not feeding people in our churches, why we're not feeding everyone. Uh, well, I'm only feeding the babes. And if someone wants something more, then they can come to me and ask questions after. That is not scripture. That is not scripture. That is not. That is not. All right. So we're going to get to the noise reduction part of this message. And what does the Lord mean by noise reduction? Well, first of all, let's define it because that's what I love to do. And that's what we, many of us, you know, uh, do. And it's the wise thing to do is to define first, right? So let's look at the noise, at noise reduction and try to get you out of here. It says, um, I'm looking here at a, a Wikipedia definition, which I, I'm kind of leery about Wikipedia because that W-I-K-I, <laughs> it speaks to me, something I don't want to <laughs> You know, anyway, um, noise reduction. Okay. Uh, it says for the reduction of a sound's volume, uh, anyone can Google this. That's why I'm using just a regular, you know, definition. That's why I stick mostly to just regular definitions so that uh, there won't be any one lost in translation. Everyone can Google this and see it, you know, right away. It says for the reduction of a sound's volume, um, uh, it, it sees soundproofing. So it means the same thing, soundproofing for the noise reduction uh, of a sound's volume. Now, noise reduction is the process of removing noise from a signal. Did you hear that? Removing noise from a signal. Noise reduction is the process of removing noise from a signal. It says noise reduction techniques exist for audio and images. Audio and images. Wow. Noise reduction algorithms tend to alter signals to a greater or lesser degree. All signal processing devices, both analog and digital, have traits that make them susceptible to noise. Hmm. Noise can be random or white noise with an even frequency, with an even frequency distribution. 
or frequency dependent noise introduced by a device's mechanism or signal processing algorithms. So that means that the frequency is dependent upon the algorithm or the you know the processing of the signal which is which is algorithm is the processing you know the mechanics of it all behind it all i know this may be boring uh, to to many of you but you, you know you'll wake up in a minute in electronic recording devices a major type of noise is hiss <laughs> In electronic recording devices, a major type of noise is hiss. Major noise is hiss created by random electron motion due to the thermal agitation, agitation, agitation at all temperatures above absolute zero. My goodness, are you hearing this by the spirit, though? Are you hearing this by the spirit? So major noise coming across an electronic recording device is heard as a hiss. And it's called hiss. And we know the sound of a hiss is the sound of a serpent or a snake, which only points to one being. See, God doesn't hiss. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't hiss. His signal is clear. He speaks. He speaks simple. But let's look at this now and remember this. Too much noise creates a hiss. One hissing sound due to thermal agitation. Different temperatures above absolute, above the absolute temperature. <laughs> and it says... That noise reduction is the removing, just remember, the, the process of removing noise from a signal. Removing the noise from the signal. Okay? All right. Now let's look at here at um, Matthew chapter 6. Because we're talking about prayer, right? So let's look at Matthew chapter 6. It says, uh, verse one, it says, take heed that you do not your alms before men. Does everybody know what alms is? Everybody know what alms is? Your alms means you're giving. It means um, uh, money or food that is given to the poor, right? So he's talking about your giving, your giving. Okay, anything that is given as charity, anything that is, you know, that is distributed or donated money or food wise 
uh, is called alms. So that's what he's talking about there. Take heed that you do not your giving before men. It doesn't mean don't do it in front of anyone. It means don't do it to, to, uh, uh, for the attention of anyone. Don't do it to be seen of anyone. Take heed that you do not your, your giving before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. You wanted the reward of the attention of men, and that was your reward. That's all you got from it. They saw you. That was your reward. But when you choose that reward, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. Now you have forfeited that reward. Verse two, it says, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee. As the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. Oh, my, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. So another reason we see here that God shut down these religious churches, they were doing this. You know, when they did their giving, they, you know, they danced their way all the way up to the altar and then they stood there and they danced for about 10 minutes so everybody could see that they were putting their money in the basket and it probably wasn't nothing but $2. <laughs> But they are hypocrites. And this has been a practice, a tradition in the church, in the body of Christ, in the church. This is something that has been taught <laughs> in the church. But what did Jesus say? And we'll see, we call that cheerful giving. But cheerful giving is, is something that takes place in the heart. It's not an outward thing. We do so much in the outward that we forget about the inward that God is looking at. But he says, when you do your arm, your alms, don't sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, surely I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing. Let not your left hand know what your right hand doeth. Okay. That thine alms may be in secret. Now he's talking about giving first here, but we're going to get to the prayer. Many of you uh, realize that. That thine alms may be in secret, that your giving may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Okay. Verse five, it says, and when thou prayest, thou shall not be as the hypocrites are again, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets on the street corners that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, surely I say unto you, they have their reward. Already, they have their reward. Why? Because they wanted to be seen of men and men saw them. That's your reward. They saw you. 
Now, what they thought about you when they saw you is a different story. Probably many of them weren't thinking what you wanted them to think about you. <laughs> you know, many of them were probably thinking, who is this stupid, you know, person? <laughs> who is this fool out here? You know, what, what are you even saying? Right? That's just the truth. We do stupid stuff. Like I told you last time, we, we need to realize we do, too, we do stupid stuff that makes no sense in the body of Christ. We do so much stupid stuff that makes no common sense at all. We don't even know what common sense is anymore. We, we have, we have, <laughs> Jesus, we have over spiritualized the, 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 the gospel so much. We live in new age religion, new age spirituality, which is really old age because there's nothing new under the sun. You know, we're, we're caught up in spiritism. We're so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. We have no common sense. But God is about balance. He's about balance. Not too much common sense or not too much practicality that you don't, that you're not spiritual and not so much spirituality that you're not practical, but balance, balance. See, some people always want you to be practical. You will never have, you will, you will never hear them say, okay, let's, 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 let's hear what, let's hear, let's hear the spirit, you know, on this. Let's, Let's hear what the Lord has to say on this. Let's, is there a prophet among us? Let's, you know, uh, let's go deeper here. Let's, 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 let's go deeper. You see what I mean? Balance. Balance. I'm not trying to offend anybody. Okay. So it says, but when thou prayest, enter into thou enter into thy closet. It says, but thou, you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So all of this, you know. Um, warring in prayer, slaying in prayer, and all of this that we're talking about, being a spiritual archery and everything, it takes place in the, in the secret place. It happens in the secret place. Now, God is not saying that we're not to come together and pray. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that every time you pray, you need to go into a closet somewhere. You know, but he's talking about when it says closet, it's referring to the secret place. That means in your heart, you are postured in the secret place before the Lord. You see. When you pray, enter into your secret place. And when you have shut your door. Pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, 
shall reward you openly. It says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Vain means useless repetitions. Repeating things over and over again uselessly. Repeating, I'm going to say that again. Repeating things over and over and over and over uselessly. As the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You can see, you know, Jesus, come now, come now, come now, come now, come now. You know, useless. You think you'll be heard for your much speaking. Let thy kingdom come, let thy kingdom come, let thy kingdom come, let thy kingdom come, let thy. It just becomes noise. It just becomes noise. You think you should be heard for your much speaking. <clears throat> Jesus said, be not ye therefore like unto them. Don't be like them. For your father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. Before you ask him. He knows what we have need of before we ask him. So there's no need for that is what he's saying. That's what makes it useless. So some may say, well, if the Lord knows what we need before we ask him, why are we asking? <laughs> it's just like when your child needs something, but he's not saying it. Your child is, is, is uh, sitting there with a sore throat, you know. You're going on about your business. You don't know that he has a sore throat unless he speaks up. Well, you know that you, 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 in this case, you know, the father knows it, right? He knows that, that we need something. So we see our child sitting over there. They're, they're not moving. You know, they're, they're not their normal self. Something we can see. We know that something is wrong, right? And many times we will. We want to teach our children, speak up, ask for what you want. So, you know, if they don't say anything, you know, how are we going to go? How are we going to give them some medicine? Now, this is us and our humanity. How much more God who knows all things about us. But yet he still says, you have not because you ask not. Trying to teach us a lesson here. That a closed mouth don't get fed. You have to ask. He wants us to be, why? Because he wants us to be in the habit of using our mouth. That's why he gave us one. He said, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it, they that either love life or they that love death, shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever you speak, you're going to eat the fruit of that thing. 
But nevertheless, it's important to speak and speak life by Lord God, please speak life. <laughs> He's trying to, use, to teach us the importance of using our voice because our voice is what regulates the earth. Our voice is what brings the kingdom of heaven that it legislates the laws of heaven in the earth. He needs a voice in the earth. So this is why he says, I know that you need these things, but I still want you to ask me. I want you to become accustomed to using your voice because when I, when I get things done, I speak. In order to get things done, you must speak them. I spoke them into existence. I saw that the earth was, was void and empty. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. I moved over that thing and I spoke. I spoke to it. This is why we must ask in prayer. You know, many people think that, you know, well, God knows everything. I don't need to pray. That's not true. That's not true. Okay. So it says here, don't be like them for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. And then he begins to teach how to pray after this manner. Therefore, pray ye our father, which art in heaven, know who you're praying to the father, not a God, not a Santa Claus, you know, that you can just rub his belly and leave him some cookies and some milk and he'll come and drop off your blessing. That is, the, that is a religious lie. You are praying to your father, which art in heaven, who he is and where he is must be understood. Hallowed be thy name that he is holy. His name is holy must be understood. Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Understanding what you're praying about. The most important thing to pray about, he's saying the most important thing to pray about is that the kingdom will come. That the kingdom will come the kingdom of heaven and the will of heaven, which is our father's kingdom and our father's will will be done in this earth. That's the most important thing to pray about. Because in asking for that, it's just kind of like, you know, fulfilling the two laws that the two commandments uh, that he gave when he, when they asked him, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the rest of the law hang on these two commandments. Well, what he's saying is that everything else rests on this right here. The kingdom of heaven and the will of our father being done in the earth. You'll have everything else you need. You'll have everything else you need. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. 
and you'll have everything else you need. All other things will be added unto you, but the kingdom is first. Jesus preached the kingdom everywhere he went. He preached the kingdom. Yeah, he eradicated darkness for this purpose was the son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he preached the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven. And he eradicated the darkness by preaching the kingdom, which is truth. He eradicated the lies. He healed the sick by casting out devils. Darkness, getting it out of here, out of the what? Out of the earth. Out of the earth. Out of the earth. 11. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Now, if Jesus already taught us, don't worry about what you should eat, what, what you're going to put on. For the Lord knows that you have need of these things. Then why is he telling us here to pray? Give us this day our daily bread. <laughs> is he contradicting himself? No. He said to us, don't worry about what you shall eat or what you shall put on. Because if you are living in the kingdom of heaven, if you are seeking the kingdom of heaven, if you understand the kingdom of heaven, then your faith will say, my father knows that I have need of these things. All I have to do is ask, say, daddy, I'm hungry. And you have food. Yeah, that simple. He said, don't worry about it. See, he was saying there, don't worry about it. Don't worry about tomorrow what tomorrow will bring for the day is sufficient enough for itself. This day, give us this day, our daily bread. Give us this day, our daily manna. Give us this day, our daily food, this day, our daily bread. He knows what you have need of before you what? Ask him, but he wants us to ask him. Give us this day our daily bread. And this is not really even a question. It's just saying, Daddy, give it, give it, give me, give me. <laughs> just give me. Just give me. I'm I'm hungry. Give me. You know? <laughs> and it's there. It's, he's not hiding it. He's not keeping it away. It's there. It's there. Kids wake up in the morning and they're like, Mom, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. The food is there. Okay, let me prepare you a meal. Simple. Spiritual, natural, simple. Same thing. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness. We must ask for forgiveness. And we must also forgive. If we don't forgive, we won't receive forgiveness. Simple. 
simple. It says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, does God lead people into temptation? Is that what Jesus is saying here? No, he's not saying that God leads us into temptation. So we have to pray that he doesn't lead us that way. He's saying. Remember when Jesus was led of the spirit. Uh, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Right. God wasn't leading him in order for him to be defeated by the devil. He wasn't leading him. See, when God puts us in situations, those situations are for are 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 uh, designed to make us stronger, to make our faith stronger. To make us wax stronger because he realizes that this, you know, your spirit is, you know, is okay. You 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 know, your soul is, you know, your work. I see you working out your salvation, but that body, that that thing that I, that last phase of salvation, that thing that I'm trying to transform and and glorify, that is the thing. That that is the problem right there. Because when Adam and Eve sinned, they sinned in the flesh. See, that's the thing right there. And that's been our problem this whole time. So the Lord is saying, lead us not into temptation. We are tempted when we are led away by our own what? Lust. Our own lust. And what lusted? The, the flesh Lust against the spirit. So he's saying, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So he's talking about three things here. He's talking about your giving, your praying. And then in the next verse, he begins to talk about your fasting. When you fast, don't be as the hypocrites of a sad face, disfiguring your face, that you may appear unto men to fast. Surely I say unto you, they have their reward. What is the Lord saying here? He's saying what you do in secret will be rewarded openly. What you do in secret will be rewarded openly. And the Lord is saying, therefore, you have no need. You have no need to... Uh, Make a lot of noise. Because when you make a lot of noise, you are disturbing the signal. Now watch this. 
In most churches today, many people when they pray, and especially when they call it warfare prayer, they all come together. They start praying at the same time together. Noise. There is no clear signal. The person who is leading the prayer cannot even be understood. So how do you expect me to join my faith with you when I can't hear what you're saying? Simple. Spiritual. Natural. Same thing. Now I'm talking to my brothers, my African brothers and sisters. We have a bad habit of this. And this is why I don't like to attend many uh, uh, corporate prayer meetings, especially on the phone. Because that noise is it, it, it's it sounds like confusion to me. It's distracting. It's confusing. I'm trying to follow the voice of the leader so I know where to join my faith. So the way that we should be praying is one at a time. One at a time. Let the person who's leading lead the prayer. If I tell you tonight we're praying about you know, uh, we're praying for, for our nation to repent. We're praying, you know, for our leaders, etc. And, you know, and then I begin to pray and lay out the prayer, you know, uh, points that the Lord dropped in my spirit for that, for that, uh, that moment, that, that time in prayer together. And I'm leading the prayer. Let me lead the prayer. Let don't join in with me and start over overpowering my voice and overshadowing me and shouting on the phone. When I say let us pray, you pray in you you pray within in secret. You pray it within yourself while you're listening to me. You are joining your faith with me. You're saying amen. You're praying that thing, you know. In your heart. And then I will pass that thing on to you. And I will pass it. You know. And that person will pass it to the next person. It's one at a time. God does things decently and in order. It should not be a bunch of chatter. And a bunch of noise. I say let us pray. And everybody start. What is being understood? What is being heard? And you may say, well, God hears all of us individually. Then why did he say? Why did he say? <laughs> why did he say this right here? Use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. He said, when you pray, Pray to the father in secret and he and your father, which seeth in secret shall reward you openly. He said, don't, 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 you know, don't, don't do that to be 
heard and seen of men for your much speaking. You're disturbing the signal. You're disturbing the signal. You're disturbing the signal. You're disturbing the signal. We're trying to get a clear signal here. Because as much as we are much speaking, we need to be hearing from heaven. See, this is our problem, why we cannot hear God. We do more time, much, we spend more time, quote unquote, much speaking than listening to the spirit of God. When the person leading the prayer begins to pray, make it a habit, you know, in corporate prayer settings, make it a habit to listen. Listen and join your faith in with them. But also you are listening to heaven. You're listening to to the spirit of God, which knows exactly what he wants you to pray. So that when you when it's your turn to pray and you open your mouth. You are right in tune with the spirit. You are right in tune with the spirit. You are praying exactly what the spirit of God is saying. And there is much confirmation and everyone is is edified. Everyone is edified and strengthened by that. Everyone can hear clearly. There is no disruption. There is no confusion because you know, God is not the author of confusion. He is the God of peace. And among all that noise, the spirit of confusion enters in there. He moves in in the abundance of noise. And he begins interjecting his, his words, his thoughts. But if you are listening and joining your faith in with the person who's leading the prayer, there's no room for the enemy to come in there because it is a direct signal. Everyone can, can hear the signal clearly. So the devil can't be over there saying, you know, uh, uh, pray about giving. And we're praying about repentance. Pray for a husband. Pray for a wife. But we're over here praying about the nation. We're over here legislating the laws of heaven in the earth. We're praying against injustice and oppression and this paganistic demonic system of witchcraft that is working in the earth. We're praying against the, we're praying the, the, the weightier matters, the things that matter. We're praying the kingdom matters into the earth. The will of the, the will of, of God into the earth. But you over there praying for a husband. Are we hearing this? Well, now we're talking about, you know, this is the this is this is the stuff that we don't see, and nobody's saying it. 
Nobody's saying it. And then we keep making the same mistake over and over and over and wonder why we have a million prayer meetings a year and still don't get nowhere. We're still in the same place we started. And we still keep trying to have put a prayer meeting on a flyer and send it out for everybody to come to prayer. For what? Why am I coming to prayer if I can't understand what's being prayed? Why? I do better at home in my real secret place, in my real closet. I can hear exactly what I'm saying to my father and I can hear exactly what he's saying to me. The Lord says noise reduction. Noise reduction. All that chatter is just noise. Especially when no one is praying the word. Who's praying the word of God into the earth? Who's praying the word? Who's praying the word? You see? Papa, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. Papa, forgive us, forgive us. What? what, what, what? No. Vain repetition. Vain repetition. He says, communicate with me on a, on my level. I'm the whole purpose of our salvation is for us to grow up into him, which is the head of all things, which is Christ to grow up in him. How can you grow up if people keep letting you be a baby? We're in daycare centers. Many of these churches are just daycare centers. It's just daycare. They go in there and they repeat their ABCs over and over and over. No one graduates to the next grade. No one is allowed to, you know, to, to, to you know, <laughs> go higher, go deeper. It's just vain repetition. It's just vain repetition. Listen. It's very clear in the book of Corinthians. It's very clear. I don't know why we don't get this. But it's very clear. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Hmm. My goodness. Okay. Let's look at here at at, at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. What time is it? Because I'm going to, I'm about to let y'all go. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to, we're going to look at it clearly because, you know, one time I asked, um, about this, you know, uh, I was, I was, um, I was, uh, part of a Ghanaian church. Uh, this was years ago. I was I was going to this Ghanaian church and 
maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I was going to this Ghanaian church and um, they had me, you know, leading prayer. It was frustrating. <laughs> they had me teaching Sunday school, you know, and stuff like that. And it became frustrating because I didn't understand, like, why we weren't getting it. That, you know, the prayer meeting sounded like confusion to me. And I'm like, am I the only one who feels this way, Lord? Okay, am I wrong for this, for feeling this way? And, you know, and then we had a, a Q&A session with our pastor um, after the prayer meeting one night. He was like, just ask whatever you want to ask. So I was asking about that. And I was like, why, why do we all pray um, at the same time here? You know, and everyone prays in tongues together at the same time. Um, no one is interpreting the tongues. And um, it sounds like confusion. It sounds like confusion. And I'm like, I don't know, you know, if somebody else is leading the prayer, you know, they give the topic and we start praying, but I don't know what they're saying. They, the, the leader is praying on, even on a microphone, it's supposed to be loud enough for everyone to hear, but because of the multitude of the noise, you can't even hear what the, what the lead person is praying. I'm trying to join my faith with that person. But I can't hear him. I'm like, you know, is, isn't this against scripture for us to do this? The man said, no, you just need an upgrade. Your computer is out of date. Yeah, the scripture says that, but this is how we do it now. I'm like, what? That was my first red flag. I should have been getting up out of there, you know. But we're not going to do it the way the word says to do it. But first Corinthians chapter 14, verse one, it says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you prophesy for he that speaketh in an, in an unknown tongue speaketh not to, unto men, but unto God for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Okay. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Now, I was talking about prophecy here. Okay. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, edifieth himself. Only you know what you're saying. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. The whole church knows what he's saying. Right? Prophesying different from speaking in tongues. Let's get that understood. Okay. One edifies the church. The other edifies yourself. I, he says, I would, this is apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. I would, I wish that you all spake in tongues, but rather that you prophesied. I prefer that you prophesy for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh in tongues, except he interpret the tongues also that the church may receive edifying or that the church may be edified or strengthened or comforted or exhorted. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak uh, except I speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. 
And even things with without life giving sound. Here we go. Even things without life giving sound, whether it be a pipe or a harp, an instrument, except they give a distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or what is harped? Are we getting this? Even things without life. He's saying things that have no life in them. Mere instruments, a pipe, a harp. They give a sound. It says unless they are giving a distinct sound. How can we know? What's being played? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? The sound is uncertain. I don't know if it's a battle cry, war cry. I don't know if it's the sound of, you know, of weeping. I don't know. I don't know. Why are we okay with this when we don't know, y'all? Why are we okay with confusion when God is not the author of confusion? The man said, I don't know. That means I'm confused. I don't know. You're giving off an uncertain sound. So who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, he says, Verse nine, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? <laughs> Clear, simple. Simple. Unless you are uttering words. Easy to be understood. Clear. How shall it be known what is spoken? For he shall speak into the air. That's why, that's why he said, don't, don't be as those that beat against the air. You're just throwing stuff up there. Hoping that something will stick. That's demonic. That's confusion. That's not faith. That is evil. That is evil. You know why? Because it's unbelief. And, and, and the Bible says that, in, that, that uh, the heart that is unbelieving, the heart that has unbelief is evil. Beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. That's why God hates unbelief. He said, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Don't be sitting up there throwing, just throwing stuff up before me. No, any, any kind of way. You just throw anything up there and call it a sacrifice. You just throw an animal up there and call it a sacrifice. I asked for a sheep without spot or blemish. You throw a, a dang skunk up there. And expect me to receive your sacrifice. And it stinks in my nostrils. It stinks in my nostrils. It stinks. Are we hearing this? This is what the Lord is. I'm, I'm preaching the word of God here. I'm preaching the word of God. 
It says, Jesus, Lord, have mercy. It says, <laughs> even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinct sound, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood. I'm reading from the King James Version. The original version, not the watered down ones. How, except you speak words, except you utter by the tongue, the tongue, words, easy to be understood. How shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. You shall beat against the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world. And none of them is without signification. None of them is without a signal. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian. A barbarian. And he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. This is why Sister Shelley don't like to pray with y'all on the phone. It's like it's barbaric. It's confusion. Not trying to hurt nobody's feelings here. I'm uncovering a truth. So we can get this thing right. Please let's get it right. All across our African churches. Our African American churches. Please let's get it right. So we can offer unto God a sacrifice that is pleasing. That is well pleasing. So that we can send up a clear signal. Straight to the throne. Or coming from the throne, rather. <laughs> because that that signal can that signal cannot be disturbed or distorted when it enters into the earth. It must be clear. See, you can't speak confusion to demons and expect them to leave. They're not leaving. They're not leaving because you're operating on their turf. They, they live in confusion. They're used to that. In fact, they say, you know, oh, you're part of us. Okay, well, we, we didn't even hear you. I don't, you know, you sound like one of us. Whew. You sound like one of us. says, therefore, I'm going to read 11, voice, verse 11 again. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, the voice, the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh 
a barbarian. I shall be unto him a barbarian, and he that speaketh to me shall be like a barbarian. Verse 12, even so you, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, love it. It's great that you're zealous of spiritual gifts. We love that. Seek ye, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. Now let's edify. Let's help some. Let's help somebody. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now it's talking about tongues, right? Okay. Speaking in tongues and speaking with the tongue. Same thing. Yeah. You're using your tongue in both of them. You have the unknown tongue and then you have the prayer with the tongue, the known tongue. Nevertheless, it's still a tongue. Am I right about it? Is anyone here? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shall bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned, how shall those that are unlearned in spiritual things say amen at the giving of thanks? seeing he understandeth not what you say. How can someone who's unlearned in spiritual things, someone coming to ch church, coming to the prayer meeting for the first time, they just got saved last, you know, yesterday. They're a babe in Christ. How can they understand what you're saying? You may invite someone to the prayer meeting that ain't even saved and you just, you know, praying that something, you know, will hit them and they want to give their life to Christ. They can't even understand what's being said. They're unlearned. They're unlearned. It says, how can he that occupies the room or the space of the unlearned, let me make it plain. How can he, can they that are unlearned, how can they even say amen? How can they even get in agreement with you? Amen means I agree. Let it be done. I agree. Let it be done. How can they say amen when they don't understand what you're saying? Help us today, Jesus. It says, for, ver for thou verily givest thanks well. You're praying well, but the other is not edified. You're not helping nobody. You're praying to yourself. It says, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, I had rather, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that my uh, that by my voice, I might teach others also. Greatest gift is teaching. The greatest gift is the teaching gift. 
It's not the apostolic. It's not the prophetic. It's not the evangelist, not the pastoral. No, it is the teaching gift. The least is the greatest. The one that we think is the least is actually the greatest. It's the gift of teaching. Apostle Paul says, I would rather speak five words with my understanding, knowing that my with, that with my voice, I'm teaching somebody than, than to speak 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Don't be children in understanding. With all you're getting, get a good understanding. Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. In malice be children, but in understanding be men. Be men. It says in the law it is written. I'm just going to read the rest of this and then we're going to close. In the law it is written with men of other tongues. Um, and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. They still won't hear me. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Tongues, the unknown tongue, is for a sign to them that believe, not to them that believe not. Excuse me. It's a sign not to them that believe. Jesus said, I didn't come to save the saved. I came to save the lost. I didn't come, you know, I came to call sinners unto repentance. So the unknown tongue was was meant for a sign unto the unbeliever so that they will believe. It's it's not a sign to the, them that believe already. But we come together in church prayer meetings where everybody knows everybody and the people in there is, is, you know, is, you know, as you call it, Christians, right? We're, we're, we're all Christians here. Okay. And we're all believers and we're coming together to pray and to intercede. And then we all start speaking in tongues at, at the same time. What? The scripture clearly says, wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. So why do we all speak tongues and we all here agree and we, we know that we're all believers? Who are we edifying unless somebody is interpret, interpreting those tongues? But we're all praying together in tongues. You say, you give the topic and you say, let us pray. And everybody jump in. What is that? What is that? That's noise. The Holy Spirit says noise reduction in this, in this hour, in this season, right now, today, starting from today. Noise reduction. Stop disturbing the signal. Remove the noise from the signal. Remove that hissing sound. That's demonic. There's no that 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 there's too much noise in there. The devil is getting in that. Are you hearing this? Are you hearing this? The major type of noise it said is hiss created by random 
<laughs> random electron motion due to thermal agitation and at all temperatures above absolute zero all temperatures above the absolute uh, the absolute temperature get rid of that hiss in there get rid of that 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 you know them, them demons in there satan is moving in that and you and you wonder why you can't get a prayer through it's because of this the signal is disturbed god told daniel i heard you the first day and the first day the angel was released because he there was no disruption in his signal he didn't have to wait the 21 days because god didn't hear him he waited the 21 days because that because there was a, a a war going on in heaven it had nothing to do with him he said you did well you prayed well and i heard you and immediately my angels begin to move because they hearken to perform the voice of my word. Get rid of the noise. He says, even in your own prayer time, get rid of the chatter, the noise, pray the word and the word only speak the word and the word only as much as be possible. Don't be sitting up there in that vain repetition. You know, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. That is just noise. It's only noise. See, when you are precise in spiritual archery, it takes focus. It takes clarity. It takes precision. It's not noise. It is very direct. Where the word of the king is, there is power. You know why? Because there's no other voice speaking. There's no other voice intertwined in there. The word of the king is the word of the king. And where that word is, where that voice has spoken, there is power. And he said, my word shall not return unto me void. It must accomplish that which I sent it out to do. Nothing shall hinder it. We got to change some stuff, y'all. That's why he said, when you come back to church, I'm, I'm shutting, you know, when you come back, don't come back with that same mess. Don't come back the same way now. Don't come back the same way. I sat you down for a season so you could learn some things so you can listen to me. I'm trying to tell you something here. I'm trying to tell you what works. You've been wasting your time. I teach you to work smarter, not harder. You work so hard. You know, in vain repetition. You just go around the mountain, just go around and around and around. You just working so hard. But even the world knows work smarter, not harder. 
You think that you're working. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not of works, lest any man shall boast. You think that you're working, you know, that you're much speaking and you're much working is changing something. It's not. It's all about precision and accuracy. Listening to the voice of God, following that voice. Because that voice is the one that's going to bring us into the place that he has prepared for us. Don't harp, don't move to the left or to the right. Follow that voice precisely. Oh, we all learning today. Precisely follow the voice. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Follow his voice. Follow the sound of the spirit. See, that's what confuses the devil about the spirit of God. Because he can't hear, like, like Jesus told Nicodemus, he can't hear. You can't tell where the spirit is coming from, nor where it's going. All you hear is the sound. John was the sound. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. They said, who are you? He said, I'm just the voice. I am the voice. Follow the voice. Don't worry about who I am. Just follow the voice, the sound. The signal. Verse 20, uh, 23. It says, if therefore, if therefore the whole church come together in one place and all speak with tongues and then there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad? This just sounds like a bunch of noise. These people are mad. They're crazy. They are absolutely crazy. I'm getting the hell up out of here. Huh? Help us, Jesus. It's clear. The scripture is clear. So why are we doing all this other stuff? What is that about? What is that really about? That's about flesh. Flesh is rattling and moving. Flesh is doing too much, you know, shaking and speaking. That's all the flesh. That's all the flesh. <clears throat> that is all the flesh. What the Lord said uh, to me uh, about this the other night. He said there's too much flesh moving. Too much flesh speaking, shaking around, rattling around. Rattling around like a like an empty wagon. You know, that child just dragging that wagon around. Ain't no toys in it to wait to put weight on it. So they're just dragging it and it just sounds like a bunch of noise. God said the loudest things are the least powerful. 
that which brings forth a lot of noise. The noisiest things have the least power. They carry no weight. They're empty. That's why they're so easily shaken and moved. They're empty. They are empty, the Lord says. But that which carries weight in the spirit, that which carries my power, my true love, the power source, it doesn't shake, rattle, and roll. But it's a mover and a shaker. It moves things and it shakes things. Behold, I shake the heavens and also the earth that that which cannot be shaken may remain. You see where we are. Noise reduction. He says, if the whole church come together in one place and all are speaking with tongues and there come in one that is unlearned or those that are unbelievers, will not they say that you are mad? Now, it's just not about the tongues. It's about all the tongues speaking at the same time. It's confusion. All the people speaking, praying at the same time, some praying in tongues, some praying in English, some, but they're all praying at the same time. You think if this is an Acts chapter two moment, it is not because the Holy Spirit said this right here. See that Acts chapter two, where they all came together in the upper room, they prayed and they all, you know, the Holy Spirit fell and they all spake with other tongues that if that's what you're trying to emulate, that was an event that took place for what? For the purpose of the unbeliever that he might believe. That he might believe. Verse 22. That's what that was for. First Corinthians 14 verse 22. Tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. Are we understanding this? Let's, let's, let's rightly divide the word. It says, um, where am I? Verse 24 now. It says, will, not, will they not say that you're mad? But if all prophesy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And they prophesy what? One by one. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. And this is what happens when we do it right. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, have a doctrine, have a tongue, have a revelation, have an interpretation. Everyone has, a, you know, something different. Let It says, let all things be done unto edifying. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three. And that by course, you know what by course means? One after the other. One by one. At the most, three people in order, one by one, by course, one, two, 
3. And let one interpret. That's if you want to speak in an unknown tongue together in a prayer meeting or whatever corporate setting. Okay. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God because that, those tongues are between you and God. It says, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. And if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let him first hold his peace. Don't speak too fast. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. Let him hold his peace. For, for you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn. The most important thing here is that we may learn, that we may understand what's being said. And that all may be comforted from the learning because understanding brings comfort. It gives us peace. I just ministered a couple nights ago concerning peace. It brings peace, not confusion. He's the author of peace, not confusion. Peace, not confusion. For God, oh Jesus. It says, and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means we have control over our own spirit. So don't say I I, I I'm so, I lost control. No, control yourself. Temperance, self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. Let's control ourselves here. For God is not the author of confusion. Verse 33. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches of the saints, not some churches. But in every church of the saints, God wants to see peace. Let it says, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to stop here. Mm -hmm. We're going to stop here. Verse, okay, verse 40 says, mm let all things be done decently and in order. Decently and in order. Because after that, you know, it starts talking about women um, keeping silence in the church. And I, I, that's another teaching. But it, it doesn't mean lit, women must literally be silent in the church. And women don't have a voice in the body of Christ. That's not what it's saying. He's talking. He's addressing an issue in the Corinthian church at that time that was happening. You know, it says, let your women keep silence in the, in the churches for it's not permitted for them to speak, for they are commanded to be under obedience as also saith the law. And then it says, if, if they learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. So they were, they were, uh, they were speaking out of turn in the church. They were speaking out of order in the church. That was the problem. It wasn't the fact that they were speaking, but Paul said, let them be silent then because they don't know how to 
operate in order. That's why God has, has to deal with women about this, this, this thing about our mouth and, and gossip and things like that, you know, you know, and, and being idle because an idol and, and, you know, I, uh, being idle will bring us to, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, confusion and uh, gossiping and stuff like that. It's, it talks about God deals with us women about that. You know, be a keeper at home. Don't be out there running your mouth because y'all know y'all love to run your mouth. Don't do that. Be a keeper at home and learn, you know, stay in your own house, in your own lane. Take care of your house. Don't be out there, you know, a brutish woman like in the book of Psalms. Don't be, you know, out there. You know, you, you, you love to get, you love, you love to gossip and many men do too. You love to gossip and, you know, you always got something to say. Just be quiet and listen and learn sometime. And learn from your, from your husband. And if you have no husband, God is your husband. Jesus is your head. Learn from him. Listen to him. Because it, it, at that time, it became a shame even for women to speak in the church. What came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? Did it only come to you? If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. So if you think you're so spiritual and you're, you're, you're a man of God, you're a woman of God, then you should be able to confirm th this right here, that the things that Apostle Paul wrote here are the commandments of the Lord. So don't take, don't leave with your own interpretation. Follow the commandment of the Lord. But if any man be ignorant, just let him be ignorant. You're going to die for your lack of knowledge. You're going to be destroyed for your lack of knowledge, for your ignorance, because you choose to ignore the truth. Ignorant, ignore. You get it? You're ignoring the truth. It's right here in front of us, black and white. The Lord said, don't ignore the truth. Now you've heard it. Don't go back to doing that, that uh, praying that same, the same way. Don't go back to all that noise. I'm not going to, I'm, I, I will close my ears. I refuse to hear you. There are times, yes, there is, it is written in scripture that God will choose to close his ears. He says, your prayers, I will not hear them. You want me to pull that out? Well, I don't have time today. I, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. There are certain prayers that the Lord will not hear. It says, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. We're not forbidding you to speak in tongues, but let all things be done decently and in order by course. One, two, three in order. Not all at the same time, confusion in order, in order, amen. Glory to God Almighty. I pray that we're getting this. I pray that we're getting this, that we don't go back to our churches, my brothers, my sisters. I'm talking to my people because we are prone to this. 
my African people and my African-American people, we are prone to this right here. That's all we've been doing in our prayer meetings is practicing confusion. But the Lord says noise reduction. Reduce the noise so the signal can be clear. Reduce the noise so the signal can be clear. Get that hissing sound out of there. That's demonic. That hissing, that hissing, that's demonic. That is the, that is the voice of confusion. That's the voice of confusion. The devil has entered in there. Your prayer meetings are full of confusion. Because you're not doing it decently and in order. Amen. So I pray that, uh, that we were blessed by this word today. Um, I always send, seem to end here at a little over two hours. Uh, but if those, those of you who could not, um, you know, stay with us, then, you know, I understand, you know, we all have our lives and everything. Perhaps you can come back and get the rest of it in a different sitting. But I pray that, um, that this word was, um, was, uh, effective. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, many of us leave that first part out and we just say that the prayers of a righteous avail much. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what the scripture says. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There are conditions there. You see the requirements? It must be effectual. What does effectual mean? I'm glad you asked. Effectual. Let me give you a, a normal definition. <laughs> it says, uh, hold on one sec. It says something, uh, it says successful in producing a desired or intended result. Effective. The word effectual comes from the word effective, which means successful in producing a desired or intended result. When we pray, we must get results. That's what God is saying. I want you to get results. I don't want you to be as those that beat against the air. I don't want you to be as those who noisy, empty wagons, just making a lot of noise. No power though. No clarity. There is power in clarity when the signal is not disturbed. It is pure. It is pure. It is pure. The spirit of the Lord is saying right here, this is the reason why demons immediately moved at the voice of Jesus. They obeyed his every command. There was no noise in his signal. It was pure. His voice is pure. Raw power, pure. 
you hearing this? And what did we say? That power is generated by true power. Raw power is generated by pure love. Pure. See, the devil, he can't do nothing with that. When your love is pure and you're speaking the truth, he can't do nothing with that because he is the exact opposite of that. That's why he moves at the voice of Jesus. No liar. He can't tarry in the sight of Jesus. Are we hearing that? So it says the effectual fervent. What does fervent mean? Not lukewarm. It means hot, intense, burning, glowing. Hey, glowing with fire. Jesus, his, his eyes were a flame of what? They are a flame of fire. Eyes, flames of fire. Feet as burnt brass. Fervent means hot. I'd rather you be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be in the middle. Let your signal be clear. I can't hear your signal because you're in the middle. I need to hear a clear signal from you. I need to I need to hear the clear signal. Is it hot or is it cold? If it's cold, if it's lukewarm, he said, I'd rather you even be cold than lukewarm. If it's lukewarm, if you're in the middle, I will spew you out of my mouth. I will spit you out. Oh, yes, this is your father. In heaven speaking. The one that we are praying to or we think we're praying to. He it is who is speaking. It says having or displaying a passionate intensity. Fervent, passionate intensity. Hot, burning. When you come together with your husband or your wife, you know, do you want them to be lukewarm? They don't really want you. They just in there. You tap them on the shoulder. I'm, you know, I, I, I can speak on this because I was married before. I was married before. So I know this. Okay. I've been divorced since 2012. I know this. You tap them on, on the shoulder. I was the one. Now I'm going to tell you from my true experience because I was guilty. I had a reason to be guilty the, those last three years though, because that man was, he didn't know which bed was his, honestly. But he taps me on the shoulder. In my mind, I'm like, I don't want to, mm, I'm tired. 
because I'm thinking about you sleeping around on me and I don't want nothing from you. I don't want no disease from you. You need to get yourself together. This is the same way God is. He says, if you're not passionate for me, you know, See, we got too many lovers. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He just turned that. Did you see him turn that? We have too many lovers. We have too many lovers. We're not passionate about one of them. We're not passionate about one of them because we have too many. We have too many lovers. But God is jealous over you. He says, I want someone who is passionate and on fire for me. That when I tap you on the shoulder, you move. You move. You move. Can I move you? Do I not move you anymore? Do not do I not appeal to you anymore? Are you not attracted to me anymore? Do I not make you marvel anymore? My how our hearts burned when we walked with him in the way. Do I not do that for you anymore? Do I not satisfy you anymore? You see, these are the questions that people in a true marriage must ask each other in order to keep the passion alive, in order to keep the fire burning in that thing. Questions must be asked. Conversations must be had. in order to reduce the noise of confusion so the signal can be clear. Are you happy? Do I please you? Are we getting this? Are we seeing this? God is speaking here, y'all. He's speaking to somebody here. He's speaking to somebody here, my God. He says the effectual fervent prayer, not just of, of anyone though, of a righteous man, someone who is upright, whose heart posture is upright before me. Not someone who slithers around on the ground, on the belly like a serpent. Didn't I tell you that the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent? You are the seed that the serpent fears. So why are you slithering like a serpent? Stand upright. I did not take away your ability to stand. I took away his ability to stand. Yeah. Serpents used to have legs. Do your research. Google it. You'll find the truth. 
They had legs before God cursed them and said, upon your belly shall you go and eat the dust of the earth. Lick the dust, devil. Lick the dust. All the days of your life, lick the dust. Do you know who you are? Why are you not standing upright? Why are you crooked? Perverse. You want to change the order of my word. You want to change the order of things. That is the true definition of perversion. That is demonic. Your father becomes the devil. I'm no longer your father because you want to pervert my way. You want to change the, the true order, the way I set it up, the way I designed it. I set things in motion and they must continue my way. Let all things, Apostle Paul says, be done decently and in order, not perverted, not twisted, not crooked, in order. One, two, three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Different manifestations, same God. Know ye, O Israel, hear ye, O Israel, that the Lord thy God is one. Order. Order. Are we hearing this? The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. That's the prayer that gets results. That's the prayer that gets results. It availeth much. If you don't know what the word avail means, it helps. It benefits much. It profits much. It's useful. I can use that, the Lord says. Anything else, I cannot use it. It's in vain. It's unsuccessful. It is vanity before me. It is vanity. It's useless. It's useless. So let's get this together, y'all. Let's get this together. Talking about how to slay in prayer. You really want to know? You know, the world has their little show called How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, says, I want you to name this How to Slay in Prayer. <laughs> We're going to teach some stuff here by... By way of the truth and the word of God. The way, the way of the truth. Because only the truth makes us free. Only the truth gets results. This is, what we're, this is where, where we are. Noise reduction. 
Soundproof. Soundproof. Remove that noise so the signal can be clear. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you all for coming. Thank you for listening from wherever you are in the world um, or whatever time it is in your neck of the woods. I pray that uh, you were blessed by this message and that uh, you received something uh, that weighs on your heart, that, that, that brings forth a change of behavior, a change. We, we're, we're about change. We don't just hear the word just to, you know, just to uh, hear it, but we are about change. Amen. We want to see change. We want to see change. God wants to see change. He wants to see change. He says, that's why he said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. We want to be effective. We want, we want change here. So I pray that uh, this word penetrated your heart, your spirit, your mind to bring forth change, that it was able to separate uh, that soul from the spirit, because a lot of what we're doing is, is soulish. We don't understand. We, 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 we can't discern the difference between the soul and the spirit. We're operating out of our soul. So much of the time. Our mind, our will, our emotions. It's all emotional. But the spirit of the Lord says. I want things done in order. I want it done in order. I want a clear separation between the soul and the spirit. The house of Saul must wax strong, uh, weaker and weaker. And the house of David must wax stronger and stronger. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming. And I will see you back here Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for another episode of Night Watch. I'll be delivering the prophetic word of the Lord. Um, so I pray that uh, that uh, I see you here. And um, just going to close with a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you. We give you praise for your word. We give you all the glory. Not by works, lest any man shall boast, Father. I know not anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Father God, we thank you for your living word today. We pray, Father, that your word will uh, be glorified in each and every one of our lives, that it will transform us, that it will transform the way we pray, that we will truly understand, that we will pray in the spirit and with an understanding, and that we'll begin to do things decently and in order before you, that there will be no disruption in our signal between the earth and the, between the heaven and the earth between heaven and earth. There will be no disruption in the name of Jesus. We take authority over the prince and the power of the air. Every spirit of disruption, every spirit of distortion in the name of Jesus that tries to distort the signal of the word spoken by the spirit between heaven and earth that the laws of the kingdom of heaven may be truly legislated in this earth realm in the name of Jesus we take authority over the prince and the power of the air we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ 
We cast you into the abyss and we banish you from this earth in Jesus' name. May the word of the Lord, spoken by the spirit of the Lord, have free course and be glorified in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, I pray and I saturate these under the sound of my voice in the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for divine health, for divine healing, for divine deliverance, for divine prosperity. Let peace be within our walls and prosperity be within our gates in the name of Christ Jesus. And most of all, may his kingdom come and may his will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you guys here on Wednesday.